The Tights and Fights podcast for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm WWE champion Hal <laughs> Lublin. Yeah. And I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Dan Man, Danielle Radford. Ah, uh, 100% less. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but all, this, all the same amount of beer and kendo sticks, right? Look, if I can, give me a kendo stick. Danielle, you got to stop punning. You've got to stop punning someday. <laughs> you have that kendo attitude? <laughs> oh, God. I'm, you're a menace. Do not encourage that. I don't pun anymore for free. I pun for a living. <laughs> you can pay to do this. It's fine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the silence that you hear during that was Lynn Sanity, Lindsay Kelk. I, it's because the name is accurate this week, friends. <laughs> just, I feel like I want to prep everyone at home listening for just a lot more of that silence and a lot more of me going like, what? What? So I'm playing the role of uh, one of our listeners that doesn't watch wrestling this week. Um, it's, it's, I actually love that. Yeah, it's method. I'm method this week. I decided it would be really good to sit in those shoes and see how that feels. What do you think people who don't like wrestling that listen to this podcast, and you are more than welcome, and and we're all glad you're here. Yeah. What do you think they're hoping to hear? I mean, I've spoken to some of them, because a couple of them have come to my book events, yeah. and and that's always so nice. And the general vibe, I I mean, they're always nice because it's to my face. So they'll be like, sure, oh, sure. I just love listening to you guys chat because it's like hanging out. And it's usually like when they're driving or if they're on a long shift or something they don't want to have to do. I find like it's not people who obviously know nothing about wrestling. It's people who <laughs> tap in and out. I'm pleased that those people are here. We're here for them. They're here for us and we're here for them. That's what I know. I like that we're the podcast that is inclusive. Like, we're so inclusive in the wrestling community that we even include people who don't watch wrestling. (laughs) Look, that's so wild to me. I have no idea why. Like, look, again, we're happy you're here. I don't know why you listen if you don't watch it. But we'll recap it for you. I love it. It's a gap in the market. It was an overlooked gap in the market. And we said, what corner of the wrestling world can we try to really get a handle on? And the answer was people who don't watch wrestling. (laughs) Um, And we said, yeah, we'll take it. Obviously, we are recording this on, as you all know, we're recording this on on Wednesday, November 1st, which means yesterday was Halloween. My uh, favorite Halloween, uh, it's my favorite holiday uh, that is not any of the other holidays, but you love it, Lindsay. You're like you go all out. I enjoy I saw, Halloween. Uh, you, you and your husband, who I assume I would get along with, but I've never met. Uh, you were at Barbie and Ken. Yes. Did you go trick or treating? Would you go to a party? Well, What's- so we had a couple of people over on Saturday night. We started doing it during the the years of will, that will not be mentioned. We would just have our, our, my brother and sister in law over and watch a movie, and then we just had a couple more people over this year to hang out. Um, I went too far for the level of entertaining that we did. <laughs> like I went all so? in. Well, I, I had Mojo Dojo Casa House signs printed and I bought a hobby horse and a lot of Southwestern <sighs> themed stuff, like a horse mm-hmm. hanging, some table cloths. I, I just don't think you could ever go too far. I, and I decorated the bathroom in horses. Like I did a horse shower curtain and some horse curtains and a horse soap dispenser. I think it's important to do the full experience if you're going to have people over, even if it's a few people. So that was Saturday. And then last night for actual Halloween, I put on my second Barbie costume. Mm-hmm. And we just handed out candy in the neighborhood. Jeff's oh, Mojo Dojo no. Casa Ken ensemble was my greatest achievement in all of my costuming mm-hmm. years, including my homemade Fraggle costume that I made in 2009. That was very good. I was very proud of know. that. 
but that one's, yeah, that one's pretty, pretty badass. I do love Halloween. I feel like as an, as someone who has adopted this country as their own, it's my duty to like go all in on, on American traditions to prove <laughs> that I should be here. <laughs> wow, but apparently every time you do, we're immediately like, <laughs> your yeah. accent's so funny. I You're know. doing a bit. It's like, no, I'm just... Well, so- it was fine, Danielle, because then I was just like, close the door and leave the candy outside, Jeff. Uh, so <laughs> more fool them. Like, that's what happened. I was really going to go to a party. I was just kind of feeling like a little, like, doldrumy. My original costume idea was I was going to be... I was going to be Spike Lee from the late 80s. I still have the costume. I might take a picture just so people can see it. I found the Brooklyn hat, and I was like, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the time came around to go to a party, and I was like, no, because I've still been recovering from all of my stuff. But then last night, I went to a wedding, and it turned out all of that worry about whether or not I'd be ready to be in public was for not because a bitch learned how to pop her puss on her cane. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Twerking is is an accessible activity. There are a lot of... <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It's... Oh, I had all the straight boys using my cane like a stripper pole. Like, it was, like with my consent, it was fucking dope. So, yeah, anyway, those are my... Uh, those are, that was my Halloween. I never dress up for Halloween, but I had to to uh, do a live stream for work. And so th- I wore a green shirt and then I'm gonna show you my outfit. Mm. Are you ready? Put up my horse straps because Julian will probably cap this. <laughs> Love I it. I was a pineapple. Perfect. Oh, perfect. Baby. Absolutely yeah, a pineapple perfect. hat. No notes. Thank you. No notes, That's, 10 times. You know, yeah. Wonderful. Great. Of course I sent a picture to you of Silver wearing the, the hat, but it was my hat for my great uh, costume. And then in the evening, uh, we watched the only, I think, real Halloween uh, ritual or tradition that I have is watching It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So we watched that. And then we watched, we're watching, we were rewatching Friends in honor of the the departed mm. Matthew Perry mm-hmm. to enjoy enjoy his work because the, the it is a tragedy to lose anyone, especially someone young um, and someone who, by all accounts, was a, was a uh, like a top shelf human being. Mm. <laughs> who wanted to leave the world a better place than he found it. And I think he he did that in a lot of different ways. But the the beautiful thing for people of note who pass away is that you can enjoy their body of work and they live on through that. So oh, yeah, you can truly. you can always revisit and, and enjoy whatever of Matthew Perry's you like, from friends to to uh Fools Rush In to the whole nine and so ten yards. In. Or or the uh his early appearance in She's Out of Control as the as the bad guy. That's One right. of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Jeff right. worked on um, Mr. Sunshine with him and has mm. only excellent things to say about him. An underrated show, I feel like. Mr. Sunshine. So so you can discover new things. Yep. There you go. Yep. Now, Lindsay, you had so much fun. Yeah. You didn't have any time to watch wrestling. Uh, I, I, I want to blame the fun. There's also been work. <laughs> But probably in fairness, the fun also has impeded because I had to stop working early yesterday because of the children coming to my house and begging for candy. I saw Smackdown. I'm sure I saw Smackdown. Mm. But Nana's mm-hmm. been dead busy dressing up as Barbie and writing words. So tell me tell me what happened in wrestling this week, friends. And most of wrestling this week has been towards uh, Crown Jewel. Which is a thing that we never cover, even though they... Put it. I'll put all of their most important and dope matches on it, but we don't. We like it's not a real thing to cover. Yeah. They put a bunch of notable matches. This is, I think, hands down, the best card they've ever put together. Mm-hmm. God, and it's I'll so run it down for you. Eo Sky versus Bianca Belair. The pre-show is Sami Zayn versus JD McDonough. Jesus fucking Christ! That's pre-show. Rhea Ripley is defending her title in a fatal five-way against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. Uh, Zoe Stark and Raquel Rodriguez, John Cena versus Solo Sokoa, Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul, Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns versus LA Knight, who who on SmackDown, SmackDown was basically the LA Knight show, and they, like, it's so, I, here's what impresses me the most about about the the Triple H era of creative is 
and and I think Michael Cole illustrates he'll, he he's good at explaining things that are happening on screen that you could wa- if you watch you could intuit yourself. Yeah. Which is SmackDown opens with Roman coming out, and then he hasn't even finished his entrance. And then L.A. Knight's music hits, and L.A. Knight walks past him. doesn't acknowledge him which is a big deal to to roman reigns and which michael cole sort of points like he didn't even acknowledge him la knight didn't even acknowledge roman reigns as he marched down to the ring for the contract signing but they really are selling la knight as a star and i'm really excited to see what's after this show for him because clearly like he's not going to win he can't win would no. make no sense for him to win and i i, I do I, I i have said this i I really need roman reigns to take over the racist record i really it's like need another it. year almost yeah yeah, yeah. but i think <laughs> it's what's gonna happen oh actually i think SummerSlam. if he lost it at SummerSlam next year he would have already broken because it's like 1434 i think is the record i think we've all has. been thinking like longer than it is Seth Rollins had a fantastic promo where, like, he didn't quite do, he didn't quite salmon jacket it. Like, he didn't quite do a Mark Henry salmon jacket, but he did a lot of, like, um, you know, people talk about, like, when it's time to go, when it's time to walk away, do, do, do. And he's like, I'm not going nowhere, blah, 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 blah. I have more stuff in the tank. And we make fun of, like, Seth Rollins, especially, like, his stuff on socials, but... When he is really, really into what he's doing, dude is locked in. And also, you know what? Scratch that. He doesn't have to be into it. I actually don't know which parts he's into and which parts he's not into. They give him anything and he's going to give you like 120% Seth Rollins. So that was like a really, really, really fun thing. Also, I just... God, I'm really bummed because I don't, you know, I don't, I, tr- I try not to watch the the Crown Jewel. I'll watch it on, like, socials. I'm just, like, not going to. Also, there are all these folks who got their release from another company, I believe, uh, MLW, who are related to the Fatus that are oh, yeah. very excited about the prospect of maybe coming over and joining the bloodline. We don't know if they will yet. We just know they've gotten their release. We don't know if they've been signed or anything like that. But also, that's a way to, like, adding more dudes onto that is a way to extend that storyline by giving us more people who are already, and, and these are folks who've been working for years. Uh, they just have to learn the WWE style, but they've been working for Ever. And that just gives us like more bloodliney stuff. Speaking of, you know, Roman Reigns are, are taking, um, you know, the record from Hulk Hogan. I wouldn't mind seeing them come over. I don't think it's going to be a problem as to how they have LA Knight lose, right? Because we all were like, oh, how would Sammy lose and keep his heat and keep it important? And they did it. And they were like, how could Cody lose and keep his heat? and have Roman still feel relevant and they did it so I'm like you know what I don't Cody worry Cody is that... hotter than ever yeah I yeah. don't worry that mm-hmm. LA Knight will come out of this hotter than anything I don't think they could no I question. don't know how they could douse him now you know what I mean like mm-hmm. how would you cool that fella down I don't I don't think it will be a clean win on Roman's part yeah. regardless but I it's we're in that weird phase right where it's like I know he's not going to win, but I'm excited to see how he's going to lose. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. curious to see yeah. what clever game they have uh, to have him lose in a way that still makes him feel like the absolute bestest, because that's what he is. He's my favorite toy in the toy box right now. Well, and it's also like, yeah, we're in that period where it's like, we're not on the road yet, but we're past like SummerSlam and all of the biggies. We see the sign for the road. We see the sign for the junction. It's in a couple of exits, you know? We should start getting Mm -hmm. into the lane, getting ready to pull off onto the road. It's like when you're taking a road trip and you're in California and they're like, however many miles to Las Vegas, you know you got like a while till you get to Vegas, but the signs are pointing you towards it, you know? It's a great time of year for him to ascend to the main event, to have his first main event match. Yeah. And and to lose is not, 
I agree. This is not going to hurt him. I think it's yep. going to be. Uh, this is a chance for him to show he can hang. This is going to be what cements him as a star. Yeah, this is Roman Reigns building stars like people helped him build his star, even <sighs> when even when he was popular. But I, like, there are things you can do after just because of the time of year it is. He can have a great showing at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. He can have a prominent role in the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. that sets him on the road to a prominent WrestleMania match. There's no, uh, like, monster of the week. You know, that was Hogan's reign, right? Was, was for the most part, especially the early part, it was monster of the week. It was like, oh, here's Big John Studd. Here's yes. King Kong Bundy. Here's Mr. Wonderful. Just all these guys that you're going to beat. The Royal Rumble is where it starts to, like, that's where you start getting, like, oh, no, or oh, yeah, or yeah. Like, the Rumble is where everything starts, like, coalescing. And and so until the Rumble happens, it's this is all kind of just, like, this is, like, you know when you have, like, a bunch of, like, leftovers in your fridge and you're, like, oh, I have, like, a bunch of stuff in my freezer, so I need to, like, defrost it and make it and eat it and have, like, a freezer night where it's, like, oh, I'm going to bake all the fish i'm gonna like do all i'm gonna make the smoothies because i gotta get this shit out of my freezer so i can put more things in that's what this era like this period usually is for wwe um Mm -hmm. it's a dead zone so i'm very excited at the prospect of of getting a you know we got triple h around this time of year last year he was doing it and this is close to when vince sort of uh strong-armed his way back in to negotiate the sale. Now it seems like <laughs> like outside of his control, he doesn't, like, things have been handed over by his boss to to Triple H. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get our first ever Triple H Royal Rumble and Triple H WrestleMania. Like, give him a WrestleMania? Like, you have to see. Could be great, could be bad, but I think the other exciting thing is it seems exhausting. To, like, two nights of WrestleMania is exhausting to watch. It just is. But there's so much talent on their roster right now that I'm sitting here like a thought I had while we were talking just now is like, thank goodness they have two nights of WrestleMania. Well, because of the number of people who need a spot on that show or should have. And and hopefully um, a lot of them are women because even, you know, like Chris Statlander has talked about like how little time women get. We've talked about that before, but also AEW. They're not doing the best when it comes to women representation. But also, a lot of the main roster is not doing the greatest when it comes to the actual amount of time spent on, like, the women wrestling. Mm -hmm. Except NXT. My little special angel baby NXT. They're doing very great. Well, stay part of the conversation with Tights and Fights on all of our social media channels. That includes Blue Sky. Links to those are in the show notes. And when we come back, we're talking all about tag team wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Danielle, it's time for your favorite part of the show. We're going to talk all about queer history and Seattle. Ah, oh, man, I always knew this podcast was like coming home again. That's right, because this week's sponsor is the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington, and their audio miniseries, A Queer History of Aerospace. Danielle, do you and your fellow members of the PNW, Pacific Northwest, for those of you who don't know, are you aware of the Museum of Flight? Baby, act like I don't. I used to, like, literally walk through there to get to work every day because I was, like, living in the neighborhood. The Museum of Flight is so dope. Um, You get to go in and see all the classic planes. You get to fight all the birds outside of the museum. I used to walk by the Museum of Flight all of the time. I loved going in there. I love seeing all the planes. We have, there's a reason why they call Seattle Jet City. We literally, one of our improv teams is called Jet City Improv because we are known for our planes on planes on planes. So yeah, I have a very deep, deep and abiding love for that museum and i'm really happy that i got to talk about it oh and you're going to be even happier to hear about the new series which is all about lgbtq plus community and how it shaped aviation and space exploration dude yeah so like the ultimate goal of a queer history of aerospace is to like encourage people who have been left off of museum walls to share their own histories so that together we can start telling the whole story it turns out Queer folks, we 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 be, we've been here the whole time. That's wild. What? That's a wild statement wow. that you've I made. Know. There. I know. Look, we're in your walls. Mind we're blown. watching you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Also, the geese don't attack you unless you're Danielle. Just go to the museum. Classic geese. The geese only attack you if you're me, and then they will attack you. But if you're you, you're fine. Go to the museum. Well, when they attack you, what better to do than seek shelter inside the museum? Exactly. Because they they're not allowed up. in there. Uh, do we think that maybe the geese are working for the museum to drive traffic in? Oh. I think they just hate Danielle. Danielle, is it true? Fair. I heard once that you went in and six geese hid in a trench coat to try and get in after you to attack you more. Is <laughs> that true? They did. They, uh, uh, the honking, they were all like, honk, honk, honk. And that was geese. fine. But it was um, it was mostly when they came in and they like, one of them like yawned, a big geese yawned at the plains. And everyone yeah. was like, you don't belong mm-hmm. here. This is for enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as though you could listen to the Museum of Flight podcast. And you can listen to that at museumofflight.org slash podcast, or you could just search the flight deck on your favorite podcatcher. New episodes drop every Tuesday, beginning October 24th. They've got a podcast, Tights and Fights is the name. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. Now it's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to rock. Anal bleeding. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit. WWE.com. I love Kate. Look at this face. And a hard fart victory. Live, Hal. What? Tag team wrestling is one of the biggest parts of wrestling history. Stars can be created as teams rise to the top together and when they inevitably break up. So we're going to take a look at the art of friendship and teamwork. Uh, what are your the top three tag teams of all time for you personally? What's your top three, Lindsay? Oh, God. Oh, I honestly don't know. I mean, I feel like I love new tag teams. I love the Usos. I love those sweet boys. I love DIY. I I did a small cry when I saw that on the internet. I was like, look at my boys. Look at my sweet, sweet boys back together. And then I guess I would go back and be like, I do remember watching, which is the end of a tag team, which isn't really the same thing, but I do remember watching Marty Giannetti going through the barbershop window mm-hmm. and being stunned, like oh. genuinely stunned. But then I also like the Steiners because I like that he sat on his shoulders then, you know, they kick people. So it's it's a weird one. I feel so weird about tag teams because I feel as though I grew up in a time when tag teams were put together to come apart. Mm. Uh, and I feel like maybe we're in a slightly different phase now where sometimes tag teams are allowed to be tag teams. So that's exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you as a kid... Uh, uh watching the heart foundation who i hated because they were bad guys i never got the sense that one of them or the other was going to break out and become like one of the most iconic stars in pro wrestling history so i think there was a time then and there still are you are talking about jim on tote steves of course correct (laughs) yeah i'm talking talking about about jim the anvil night heart obviously there are fewer teams that are just team like the creed brothers who made their debut Mm -hmm. On Raw, they are a tag team. They have come in as a tag team, too. Fantastic, and a a great tag team. So you have that the DIY. They are a tag team. They exist to to sort of sort of in that old school mode of of tag teams. But you don't really have the New Day is a bunch of stars who came together, but none of them were ever as big as they were when they were together. Yeah, and and that includes Kofi. Like Kofi doesn't. I don't think Kofi ever gets his world title if he's not in the New Day because they they were so big and that's that's cut in the mold of the Freebirds. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's why they call it the Freebird rule when when a team of three <laughs> people they they can any two of them can defend it. But even like old school teams like the Road Warriors and then Demolition and yeah. and uh, oh Natural Disasters like that was a big yeah. deal. For but me even that was two up. solo wrestlers yeah. put together. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They, that they, it's all like they're. There's a proud tradition of all of it. The natural disasters, I think, was a better was better for each of them than when they were earthquake and and tugboat, yeah, s- separately, and then later the shockmaster in earthquake's case. But one of these Halloweens, I'm gonna go as sexy rule thirty four shockmaster. It's yes. gonna happen. 
look, I'm going to bring my cane. I'm going to pop my puss. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be through stupid. a wall and then fall over. Yeah, no, pop my puss through a wall. Oh, God. <laughs> I have to find someone who wants to be a wall. I'll talk about I'll, I will figure this out offline. I'm sure I'm you'll gonna- find someone. <laughs> Send your applications to yeah. Fights and Fights at <laughs> P.O. Box. <laughs> your top three, Danielle? My top three, um, they, they're so stupid. Kane and X-Pac just really, that, that was such a seminal thing for me. Like, that really, I loved their unlikely friendship, which is a trope that I love, where it's like two people who have no reason to be friends, face adversity, come together, become best buds, and that's what happened with Kane and Xbox. So that's one of them. Uh, Edge and Christian are my ultimate babies. Oh, they're my babies. Like, um, the brood was amazing. Um, I, it kind of sucks because it feels like Gangrel was the person who put this together. And then kind of got iced out. I don't know the story. Um, but he seems like he's doing well. But, man, sexy vampire dudes. Also, another trope that I love. It turns out I <laughs> like wrestling the best when it's just YA fiction. Just- everything is wrestling. Wrestling is everything. <laughs> when it's just YA fiction. That is when Danielle loves it the most. Gosh, and so another tag team. Oh man, I I gotta go with Lindsay with DIY. That was really magical. They just make me so happy. They make me so happy. And yeah. I love their whole story together, and I love their whole story coming apart. And now that they're back together again, it feels yes. like even more reinforced. They're like an elastic band. They're like, you know, Johnny's from Mars and Chompers from Venus. If you just gotta let them stretch and they'll come back. It's I'm I'm adorable. not gonna I'm not gonna quote red white and royal blue I'm not gonna quote I'm gonna quote red I white and royal blue um, I want you to it's like the there's a strike is over it's like there's a string from my heart connecting me from me to you oh man queer fiction these are not like my top three but these are some of my three okay what about you Halbert I want to know what your top oh three I want to know them so bad man I I think that the Usos are breathtaking in how long they've been doing it and how many times they've reinvented themselves as a team mm-hmm. yes. from the days when they were doing the Sima Tau and honoring their Samoan heritage to the Uso Penitentiary to, to the version that we've yeah. gotten from the Bloodline. But just the, the thing that has been consistent throughout it is that they always come through as performers and they've gotten better and better with promos and it's weird to see them in a time now when they're apart but you know that even as solo stars like they're going to get back together like it's written in the stars they're yeah. twin brothers can't but- stay out of each other's business cannot stay out of mm-hmm. each other's business mm-hmm. yeah and that's what's wild because like you see that team and from the outside you're immediately like well you're twins you're gonna be linked together forever there's no way to unlink you there's no yeah. way to make either of you solo stars. Um, <laughs> uh, and then they find a way to do it where it's like, no, like they are both solo stars and here is how and here is where we're doing it. And yeah. no one thinks that they can do that. I was also like, I had so many doubts. But then as the story kept going, obviously. Yeah, they're just, uh, yeah, they're, they're outstanding. Next, I'm going to go... I, I was going to say Edge and Christian. I was going to say the Hardys, but I think I have to go with the Dudley boys because <gasps> because yep, of them coming that. in. I get that. Being mm-hmm. successful in ECW and then coming into WWE and the run that they had. They were the dominant team in those TLC matches, and they even had the added thing of Devon being afraid of heights. That that was that that was part <laughs> of it. He didn't like going up on ladders. Also, the uh, Bubba's thing of like disassociating, where it would be like, "Oh, well, mm-hmm. it's okay that <laughs> it's He's okay he chance. assaulted a woman because he disassociated. It's fun." Oh yeah, when he put May Young through the table and just was staring off into the di- yeah, they did a lot together as a team. Yeah. They they are. 
rightly one of the greatest tag teams that like just empirically by almost any statistical measure they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time but i also think they get oddly get lost in the shuffle of that era because the Mm -hmm. hardys were were like the young appealing good-looking guys and then Edge and Christian were as well. But then they became the, the sneaky chicken shits mm-hmm. and were so such good heels. And such good comedy. And then also the Dudleys yeah. were also like, they were comedy. So it was. They could do everything. Yeah. They were yeah. dangerous. They were funny. They were really good workers that didn't have traditional muscle man bodies. Um, and that was, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Uh, and then the my number, not number one, but maybe the first tag team I ever really, really loved uh, was the British Bulldogs. I loved the British Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I loved them. them lots, lots, uh, lots. The music they came down to, I loved Matilda because we were a dog family. And they were just, they were super talented workers. Obviously, Dynamite Kid is maybe one of the, the unsung greatest wrestlers of all time. Like, you're, if you're of a certain era, you would know him. But there are a number of fans today who probably don't really know his history, mm-hmm. not only in WWE, but in Japan, all of the stuff that he did. And they were just really fun to watch. And I always rooted for them. And and they were a formative tag team for me. And, you know, sure. Matilda walked so Pharaoh could run. <laughs> slash be, af- be afraid of fireworks. That's right. <laughs> which is nice. You know, it's weird. The While we were talking about the Hardys, I'm like literally sat here thinking, but the Hardys were seminal. The Hardys are so important. And shouldn't this whole segment be about the Hardys? And I'm wondering why my brain is like, no, thank you. Because I think if we'd had this conversation even during the Broken Mat era right. and Skarsgård, the dilapidated yeah. boat, when Rest I was in all in and Brother Nero and all of that stuff, and I loved them so much, and I feel like then I would have been like, oh, yeah, the Hardys also so great at reinventing <sighs> themselves and so fantastic and, and groundbreaking at everything they did. But I just, this I'm working through this, people, bear with mm-hmm. me. But I just feel like everything that's happened with them over the last few years has really eroded Yo. my hearty vibes. Um, I think everyone, obviously, on the podcast, and if you've been listening for a while, all I talked about for, what, like, fucking three months was everything happening with the Hardys and like all of that stuff. And then it just kind of like dissipated. It didn't work when they came over to WWE. WWE fucking killed it. They did. They murdered it. It was not like they 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 murdered it. I was gonna say they tried, but they didn't try. They just lifted the, <laughs> the storyline wholesale and tried to insert Bray. And if you can't make it work, then, like, you're not gonna make it work, friends. Exactly. They fucking Ooh. murdered it. And I talked about it for, like, six months. Even yeah, to the point where I was like, hey, I really need everyone to watch this because this is really good. This is a really good, interesting thing that's happening. And, and, and yeah, they came to WWE. WWE ruined it. Um, and then after WWE ruined it, they moved over to AEW. And by that point, it was like it, the hype was I, gone. And that was the thing that I, made all of us interesting. I have to disagree here. That's I, okay. I think uh, certainly it didn't succeed in WWE at all. And it's not the place for it. Like if you liked if you like the it room, it is not the place for if, it. If you enjoy the movie The Room, you're not going to enjoy it more if you put better actors in it and put more money behind <laughs> well, it. Well, but that's why. Well, and also that is one of the reasons why Lucha Underground should have succeeded. But I like. I feel like the impression I got from people who really enjoyed that weren't like this is the best thing wrestling has ever done. It's just this is so banana balls out there. Yeah. And Matt Hardy's just being allowed to do whatever yeah. the hell he wants. They knew he it. Can do he can do whatever he wants, and 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 it was popular. It got people talking about it. It was at the very least divisive. I never liked it. I loved it. I never loved thought it. it was. But the pop they got when they came back, that WrestleMania pop when yes. they came out, I was in the stadium, and it was wild. The people were, like, so happy to see yeah. them back. Like, the outpouring of goodwill was, like, nothing I've ever seen. And then... For that to go tits up, <laughs> quite so badly. Right. 
is a heartbreaker. I still they're still gonna go down in history as one of the greatest of all time. Oh no, it that's makes just me like a sad stumble. when your legacy yeah. starts to fall apart towards the end. I don't think that they got the pop that they got because because of broken Matt Hardy. I think they got the pop they got because it was a ladder match. And the Hardys mm-hmm. were back in WWE that but nobody expected. But the reason they were able to get back into WWE was because of that. No question. No question that that, that that raised their profile and made them more desirable because people were talking about them. No no doubt. There's no doubt there. I feel like we don't talk about, and maybe we haven't watched, maybe it's worth doing sometimes, like watching some really old, like older regional stuff. To see guys like the Rock and Roll Express working at the, the height Sir, of their powers. Sir, I would actually love that. I think that we should do that. And I think that we should do that as, and and do live commentary on it. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of really good. Like, I'm not. I think that that would be fucking dope. I want to do that. The dream team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake were really fun together. The Head Shrinkers were really good. Obviously, the, mm. anybody in the, in the Anawaii family. Or in yep. that in that Samoan family is going to be great, but there's so many good like Strike Force was really fun. Strike Force with Rick Martel and Tito Santana, or the Can Am Connection with Rick Martel and, and see, Tom I Zink. miss a lot of they this. I actually think that it would be. I'm not going to lie. I think it would be a really fun series for us to watch those matches together and yeah. like do a live like do a commentary over it. Have a little watch um, party. <laughs> so it seems like WWE at least once is considered the new day to be the greatest tag team in their company's history. Do you think that that's, that that's the case? You're not going to get me to badmouth the new day and everything that they've oh, this done. Uh, that's not about badmouthing. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I know. But it is also where it is like uh, uh, when you look at the longevity, when you look at the fact that like this was never intended to work. And then they made it work through sheer force of determination. Mm-hmm. Their longevity cannot be argued. I think this is one of those th- those things we cannot talk about now. This is something that like we will talk about and argue in 10 years. But they are in the conversation. It's an embarrassment of riches, right? Like, yes. this is why it's hard to say New Day, because Usos are right there. Like, yes. they are sat next to each other on the shelf, and they both look delicious, and I'm hungry, and I don't know which one I want, and I know they will both be equally satisfying and fantastic. So, like, which one do I take? I don't know. They're both so good. Put them both is in it... my pillowcase, Halloween trick-or-treat style. Nom, nom, is nom, it nom, weird... Nom. That I don't think of the New Day as a tag team. I think of them as a group slash stable. Like, I think of them a lot more as a group because there are three of them. That's not weird. I, I, I love stables. You know me. I'm a stable girl. Um, But also... Just a horse girl. <laughs> ka-clomp, ka-clomp, Also, like, well, now that there are more factions, too, I think that's even more relevant now. I think before we had, like the new faction era everything's eras mm-hmm. go see the movie it's great but now that we're in the new faction era it makes them feel even more like a faction than before when they were the only people that were a group of three yes. i my brain didn't question it my brain was like tag team uh there's just three of them yay come out of a cereal box huzzah but now yeah I, and especially with people coming in and out and with injuries and and that kind of thing it makes it feel Hope you feel better. More soon, flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying and, and agree. But I do think my opinion on that has been changed by the current climate of factions. Uh WWE's women's division was a middling affair for a while, and it's still it's still touch and go, I think it's fair to say. Um uh but they, I think they've put a little more effort into the, into the tag team division. Oh, they've been so unlucky. I mean, I, yeah. yes, I totally agree. It has not had the attention it deserves. We all know ye old man wasn't interested, didn't care, didn't want it. No. But they have been so unlucky with injuries and, you know, also terrible creative decisions that lead to their tag team champions fucking walking. That's mm-hmm. not unlucky. That was just some bullshit. No. But then, like, I, and I almost mentioned them in my top three, and it's only because I felt like I lost them in their prime. It was like the Iconics. Think about the Iconics. Like, they had 
this incredible women's tag team that were a solid, solid tag team. And then they let that go. It's what's her name's fault. Um, it was oh Peyton and Billy. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton and Billy. Peyton was the one Peyton who wanted, wanted to be a single to star. Be singles. She was wrong. They couldn't figure out what to do with Peyton. Yeah, that pissed me off. That was one of the things that scared me about Street Profits when it really looked like they were going to separate Street Profits and go all in on Montez. And I'm like, I don't know if you all remember a little tag team you had called the Iconics who were massively, massively, massively over and a decision was made to go all in on one and it went badly and you lost both. But I loved the Iconics. Like every time they were on TV, they just, it was joy. And it felt to me like they were going to be the backbone of that division for so long. And then it didn't happen. And then it was, oh, the tag belts can be held on any show, including NXT. But then suddenly NXT had their own women's belts. And like this, it feels like watching a fantasy movie where the rules of the world have not been explained. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there's witches and werewolves, but the witches can fly. It's like, oh, why? They just can. Can the werewolves fly? Sometimes. Who knows? You know, like, we need solid rules here. We need to know what's going on. And it was just an afterthought for so long. It was missed off so many live events. It was just filler. Uh, it does feel like they're trying right now. And, you know... Poor Liv and Raquel and Aaliyah, maybe we hardly knew her, but all these people mm. who lost the belts due to injury, it's so stuttered. It keeps being stopped before it mm-hmm. begins. I'm pumped to see Chelsea Green and Piper play with it. I think their chemistry gets better every week. I think Chelsea Green is a delight and they are so lucky to have her pulling it through, kicking and screaming. I mean, literally... This yeah. week, they had the best cosplay. It was so fucking cute. I'm sorry. Piper is Jim Knight. Like, that was so cute with the little pipes. And, like, I know they talked to Natty first. Oh, for sure. I imagine Natty gave them the gear, right? Like, I can't believe yeah. that Natty wouldn't be all in on that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, it, it was a tribute. Um, And, oh, fuck. It was so good. Um, I'm also, I've been all in on Piper Nevin for as long as she's been there. As long as we saw her uh, uh, at the all-women's tournament, I've been like, this woman deserves way more than we're giving her. Yeah. We liked Viper. We liked Dewdrop. <laughs> now we like Piper Nevin. Anella. Piper <laughs> Dewdrop was whatever it was. It wasn't her fault. That's what it wasn't. That's right. Um, and I still enjoyed her 90s glitter space buns so there were things to love we asked you out there in the nation a conversation what you think about tag teams here's what you said kevin from facebook said with a note that danielle will appreciate i loved the trio tag teams in lucha underground they were always completely bonkers and non-stop action with a magical storyline i love the trios yes 100 percent. you were right yeah Steven says AEW did a good job of keeping tag team wrestling hyped, but feels like they're entering a lull period. Still, his favorite is the energy of when the division gets hot like it did in the New Day slash Uso slash Bar era. Oh, oh yeah, the, the bar, bar was also great. We love the bar. That was a really good tag team, yeah. I also we crazy that we didn't even, none of us, not, not so much you, Hal, but that Danielle and I didn't even think to mention the Bucks in this. I There would have been a time when I would have broken my pelvis to like run to your house to or mention the like box. uh or mm-hmm. like golden lover it's fine golden lovers all, but i'm like yeah. less so because i feel like they don't really count which is mean because it's not true but the box being like a legit tag team who live and die a tag team but now are just mm-hmm. kind of like part-time dudes that take money and don't care Wait, uh, but yeah, yeah that's a whole but when they're thing. when they were hot they were hot so the influential, I mean, they're still, like, you can't... Wildly influential, yeah. It's absolutely. weird to, like, go, like, all right, the Hardys fell off a cliff. Some of their stuff didn't work, but that doesn't negate everything else that they did. Yes. It's just, like, sort of the, oh, that's not the fun part of the legacy. Yeah. Like, I'd rather talk about all the other stuff that they did. Exactly. Same with, like, when you were excited about the Bucks. And even the Bucks coming in outside of WWE elevated mm-hmm. the New Day and the Usos to an extent inside the WWE because their social media arguments Mm -hmm. 
the chuckles, the chuckles and lols on social media where they were bickering with each other, I do think helped elevate all three of those teams. Obviously, they could not fight in a ring, <laughs> but they could fight playing Street Fighter 2. I do think it had a great impact on everyone. There you go. If you've got anything more to say about tag team wrestling, visit us on our social media channels via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I'm Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jobu Tupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. Oh my gosh, hi, it's me, Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture game show Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play a whole host of games, like one where I describe a show using a limerick, and our guests have to figure out what it is. Let's do one right now. What show am I talking about? This podcast has game after game, and brilliant guests who come play you. The host is named Dave. It could be your fave. So try it. Life won't be the same. Uh, a big business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Close, but no. Oh, is it Troubled Waters, the pop culture quiz show with all your favorite comedians? Yes, Troubled Waters is the answer to this question and all of my life's problems. Now, legally, we actually can't guarantee that. But you can find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelp. It's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? In honor of Halloween, Kayla put on a muscle man suit and dressed like the time when Michael Cole went into, I believe it was the Royal Rumble and had Bailey pin her immediately. And it is so fucking funny. Um, so that's what I'm putting over. Go find Matt. It's so good. By the way, I don't, I do not cower like that. I don't cower like that. I don't cower like that, ever. And you just blew my undefeated streak. Lindsay? Um, in lieu of anything else, because Lindsay didn't see a lot of wrestling, although I did see, uh, as Hal pointed out earlier, when LA Knight walked straight past Roman Reigns, and I thought that was one of the most glorious moments of wrestling television I've ever seen in my entire life, and I probably should have been putting that over. But instead, what I'm going to put over is something I personally found very interesting, was uh, on the Monday episode of Raw, this Monday's episode of Raw, I saw this on the internet, and I believe it to be true, unlike most things I saw on the internet, Finn Balor ate a piece of candy. The new Judgment Day came in to trick or treat, and they had candy, and Finn consumed in front of everyone a piece of candy. Now, as someone who has read many articles about Finn and how he uh, keeps himself in shape and his very strict diet, I, for one, was delighted to see it. Because who amongst us doesn't remember that interview he did with Brene where she brought him cookies and he was like, I'll have one later. And she said, no, you won't. And he was like, no, I won't. So thrilled to see Finn embracing the season. I, I assume he's still high from the sugar. Like, I assume he's still feeling that coursing through his veins. Love that for him. Look, trick-or-treating is the reason for the season. I'll stick with the Halloween theme for mine. Thea Trinidad on TikTok has started a new challenge for everyone. It is the Chonkla Challenge. Yes! And it features her in her, in her costume and, and Xavier Woods, our pal Xavier Woods, 
who is dressed as Jimmy Butler from Miami Heat Media Day when he went all goth. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin, SAGAfterStrike.org. Listen to Hell You Got yeah. This with Mark and Hal, and listen to Good Morning Night Vale, Danielle. Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, the, uh, the, the strike ends soon. Um... Yeah, nope, I agree with you. I have nothing else. I just want the strike to end. Also, right. I very much love my cats. They are very aggressively mauling me with love in a way where I'm going to have to have many band-aids. You have to stop. Lindsay. Hi. Uh, obviously, yay strike also, again. Uh, well, not yay strike, end strike, but like... This turns out to be an amazing year for workers striking and getting what they deserve. So yeah. that's a positive that we're taking out of uh, 2023. <laughs> there had to be one. Uh, maybe we found it. Also, as I may have mentioned previously, I write books. I got books. The Christmas Wish will be out in paperback in the UK on November 9th. It's already out on ebook. And if you're in the UK, that ebook is currently 99 pence. 99 pennies which is honestly borderline offensive to the person that wrote it because like it took ages but it was great for you if you wanted to download it to your phone for less than a round pound so check that out it's already out here in the states you can still get it here in the states in paperback or ebook or audiobook the audiobook is very good i'm told um, so yeah, I, it's, it's November now, so it's Christmas, basically, as Hal and I discussed last week. It's Christmas, so read The Christmas Wish. I listened to the audiobook. It's really fucking good. She's not Yay. lying. It's really good. I bought the audiobook. It's fucking good. I'm dope. glad someone did, because I can't bear to listen to my own Baby! work. Baby! Uh, so I appreciate it. Hey. I, I listen to all it. of y'all stuff. Hear that, everybody? Be like Danielle. Our producer is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. You can find those in the show notes. Find our Tights and Fights WrestleMania shirt at MaxFunStore.com and celebrate ice cream Christmas all year long. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.